0: This is God's servant Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed and your body be healed in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Thank you Father for all that you have in store for us today. Thank you for all that you've been doing in our midst. We ask of you Father that you will minister. To your people, open our understanding, open our eyes to see, to behold new things. Cause us to go further, Lord, into the truth that you're teaching us, Lord, in this season. We want to mature in this revelation, Lord. We want to grow in this revelation. We want to attain the full measure of this revelation, that we may be experts in this. We may be, um, we may be practicing it, Lord, without fail. Help us, Lord. Take us through this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we've been construing wisdom for several weeks now, man. We were looking at uh, wisdom, say wisdom. And uh, last week we looked at, uh, the seed principle. If you remember the seed principle, uh, and, you know, and we were learning how that, that, uh, that principle applies to us. Amen. And God's word makes it very clear to us that he has established this principle in nature. And when you study the book, the, the Bible, you'll, you'll learn that God has established this. He is very serious about this principle. Amen. Say the seed principle. And some of you are like wondering, what is the seed principle? We already discussed that last week, but I hope you remember what we discussed, what we learned. Amen. The seed principle. Okay. This is a seed principle. Okay. In essence, this is a seed principle. If you don't know how it happened, she doesn't know how it happened. All she did is planted a few seeds poured some water and waited. What happened? It sprouted. It came forth. Amen. Why? That's right, because God said it. And we sang that today. God said it, I believe it. It is done. Man, because God said it, I believe it. And it's done. God said it. The the power of a seed to produce, to bring forth, can only be explained like this. God said in his word. That's the only explanation no scientist can explain how a seed can produce a plant or a tree or fruits nobody can explain it it's inexplainable okay they can narrate or they can narrate the process if they can if they can try but they can they cannot completely explain how why amen why say it one more time because god said it amen so the seed principle is placed in nature as an irrevocable an irrevocable law in nature nobody can reverse it nobody can cancel it it cannot be avoided it cannot be ignored it's a law god has established in nature as the earth remains god said as the earth remains seed time and harvest will not cease amen it's a principle god has established and there's no 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 way anybody can alter that now, not only has this principle been established, um, with regards to vegetation, with regards to plants and trees, it has also been established as a principle by which we can partner with God, say partnering with God. God wants you to partner with him. And that's why we read in the, in the, in the book of Genesis. If you remember that we touched upon it last week, that God, uh, the Bible says that there's nobody to till the ground. There's no man to till the ground. God established his principle, but there's nobody to till the ground. So finally God made man for what? To till the ground because God wanted a partner. Say partner. You're God's partner. Amen. Hallelujah. You're God's partner. You're in in this business with God. Amen. You're a shareholder with God. You're a stakeholder with God in this business. And this business will not shut shop it will not cease the bible says as long as the earth remains this will remain it will not cease hallelujah so we were created in the likeness of god even when man fell god made a way for us to be reestablished back into the original order of things in the person of christ jesus amen so that we can continue to be a part, we can continue the partnership that god wants us to have It looked impossible at one point that how can man ever partner with God because his standards are too high. It looked impossible for man to walk in partnership with God. The the one with whom God wrote the partnership deed, that person itself fell. The founding member of this partnership couldn't keep up with this standard of God. But God made a way. Amen. God made a way. Today you and I are partnering with God. Doesn't sound so exciting to you or what? You and I are partnering with God. Partnering with I'm a partner of God. I'm God's partner. I don't know about you whether you are aware of who you are partnering with. But I know that I'm partnering with God. Amen. I'm no small fish. I'm a partner with God. Hallelujah. I know that I'm partnering with God because I I go by his principles. Amen. And God works on many principles, say many principles and the seed principle is one amongst the many principles God has established and he works on those principles. And unless you understand what this principle is, and unless you understand how to apply this principle in your life, you will not benefit out of it. You want to make a benefit out of this? You want to benefit from this? You want to make a profit out of this business? You need to to understand how this principle works. And we've been learning how this principle works. Amen. Are you with me? Now the, the sooner, the sooner we fix our speech, the sooner we will start to see change in our life. This is what the Lord has been repeatedly teaching us. Correct your speech, correct your language. Because even your speech follows the seed principle. Hello, are you with me? Even your speech follows the seed principle. So God wants you to be very careful about how you speak. The words that come forth from your mouth, He wants you to be careful about it. Because you're a partner with God. He does not want you to make a mistake in the business. sometimes people get into partnership with, with another person. And then because of the, the lack of diligence of the partner, the business will collapse. So it is important that the partners are both diligent or if the multiple partners are all diligent, Mm -hmm. diligently working together. So God wants to teach you diligence concerning this. Hello. Are you with me? God wants to teach you diligence concerning your speech, concerning your language. Concerning what you are about to say. He wants, you to, he wants to help you with this predicament of yours. Who can help me out of this condition? Because by man's default nature, his speech follows the, the language of the world. But God wants to correct it amen you know i i i'm See, i will prophesy over you this okay many of you sitting here as you even as you carefully listen to this and you know you want you are making corrections in your speech i know that many of you you're gonna see things change you're gonna see things change at at a rate that you never expected to change you're gonna see things picking up speed you're gonna see things progress you're gonna see mountains move you're going to see an overflow of the goodness of God come into your life. Why? Because you corrected your speech. Amen. Man. and it's going to happen. You're going to testify. Some of you are going to come here and testify of this. Amen. Hallelujah. The seed will produce after its kind. Is God's principle. Why? Because God said it. Your, your words can produce a future according to its likeness. Is God's principle. And God said it. Now just as the, the seed contains the miracle of life. Say miracle of life. The seed contains the miracle of life. God placed the miracle of life inside a seed. The basic unit of life is a seed. God placed the miracle, the mystery of life in a seed. Likewise, God has placed the mystery of your future upon your tongue. Your tongue carries the creative power of God. You know, so, so some people, the, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes it is not enough that we hear it one time, two times, three times. It is not enough that we hear a few times, this has to really get inside of you, your tongue carries a creative power. Now, what is the, what is the reason why you are, some of you are struggling? You know who, who created or what created the the mess that you are you're right now dealing with your tongue. Some of the problems that you're facing in life are the the result of the wrong words, which you have spoken and entertained and lived with for a long time. It has become a a part of your nature. It's become a part of your language. It's become a part of your uh, vocabulary. Now you don't even realize that it was a mistake. You don't realize the damage that you're facing trying to fix right now was caused by the words that you spoke. Now culture can influence your language. There are many phrases in in the Malayalam um, linguistic sphere. There are many phrases which are so demonic. I'm not going to give examples. But you know, you already know some of things, some of those things are popping up in your head right now. There's some of these uh, phrases, some of these sayings, see these proverbs, not just in Malayalam, it is all over, it's it's anywhere in the world, any language that you take, some of those things have become part of your um, daily communication, daily flow of words are rooted in the demonic realms. Huh? Earthly. Earthly wisdom, which is demonic. And we've been living with it, not realizing the magnitude of the damage it has been creating in our lives. We are trying to fix, we are trying to build, but we are not correcting. It's like, you know, uh, they tar the roads only to realize that six months down the line, all the, tar- all the roads are? back in the same place. Why? Because they are not making any corrective action concerning as to why the potholes are being made. I'm giving an example, an illustration for you to understand. And we complain. Why is it again in the same, in the same way? Because the correction has not been made. Now, some of you are building your life like that. You build your life, you're trying to fix it. You're trying to fix problems. You're trying to fix issues, only to realize there are more problems being created because you have not corrected your speech. Now, I want you to understand, and you might be hearing this for some time now, but I want you to understand this is a very serious problem. It's a very serious matter. It's a very serious matter. That's why I wanted you to do this experiment. So you'll understand, it's, it's not small. I, I'm glad that Abigail did this. For, her to, for you to understand, even a child, even a child can understand the seed principle. Can apply the seed principle. Even a child. In Romans chapter 4.17, that's right. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you. Who is this about? Abraham. You all know that. Who is Abraham? father of ah father of father of many nations okay father of faith okay father of faith father of many nations alright as it is written a father of many nations have I made you in the presence of him whom he believed who is that God even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that, which does not exist. You know, this scripture has always been an intriguing scripture for me and I've always been fascinated and I've always come back to scripture. It keeps popping in my head every now and then I love this verse. I love this verse. The part which says, who gives life to the dead. Who is that God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. Hallelujah. What is that? That is a seed principle. When you sow the seed, does the tree exist? When you sow the seed, is the fruit in existence? Is the plant in existence? So it's a seed principle. God follows the seed principles. He calls into being that which does not. Now you must understand the magnitude of this. This is serious. Say serious. It is serious stuff. Now, when God wanted to bless Abraham, what was Abraham in need of? A son, say son, a child, okay? An offspring. When God wanted to bless Abraham with an offspring, God did not give Abraham a son, just like that. He gave Abraham a word. Think about it. Think about it. God did not bless Abraham with an offspring just like that. He did not, what was he in need of an offspring, a son. But he gave Abraham a word, a word of promise. By that word, God called into being Isaac, who did not exist. Did Isaac exist Well, how did God call him about? Gave the word. He spoke the word to Abraham. God was calling into being a son for Abraham. And because Abraham believed God, the Bible says it was accounted to him as righteousness. What does that mean? The word which came to him became as good as having a son. You're not getting this. When God wanted to bless Abraham with a son, God did not say, okay, here is your son. No. God said, I will bless you. You shall have descendants. Numerous as the stars. All those promises God gave. He gave a word. Amen. To Abraham, eventually, it became as good as having a son. That's why the Bible says, Abraham believed in what God said and it is accounted to God, to him as righteousness. It was just a matter of time. How many years? It was just a matter of time before the word that Abraham received from God manifested as a son. What is that principle called? Say it loud. That's called the seed principle. Amen. Faith works on. One more time. Faith works on what principle? Faith is built based on seed principle. I mean, I can go any direction from here. Lot of things coming into my head, but I want to stick to what I want to do, man. If time allows, we'll go to other directions. But look at this. faith, say faith, is based on the seed principle. When God wants you to have something, he will not give you that something. He will give you a word concerning that something which you must take and receive and see as good as that something. Hallelujah. I've seen people live like that. They have, I've seen people live like that. I'm, I'm, I'm learning to live like that. I've learned to live like that. I'm still learning to live like that. And when the word of God, when the word of God is as good as what it says, is as real as what it says and describes. Hallelujah. Today, the problem is we have a need and we pray and we expect a bundle dropping from heaven. But when God speaks to you from his word in prophecy, or however it is, when God speaks to you, it is a bundle dropping from heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He calls into being that which does not exist. He sows the seed. That's how God functions. God is always sowing. See, even that's when you even when you read the Bible, you see, you know, a word that proceeds from the mouth of God will not return to him void. Amen. Amen. Without accomplishing the purpose for which it was sent. So every word that comes out of God's mouth is sent with a purpose to accomplish something on this earth. It will not go back to him void. The problem today is we get more excited seeing the manifestation than receiving the word. Whereas it must be the same for us. Amen? You must start celebrating the moment God gave you the word. Hallelujah. Amen? The problem is, we are waiting, we are waiting and we are like in a cribbing and crying and we are losing faith. We are losing faith. Why? Because it's a discouragement. Nothing is happening. But if you can hold on to the word which God gave, it doesn't matter how long you've been waiting. 25 years. Can you imagine? Abraham and Sarah celebrated 24 birthdays at least each of them 24 wedding anniversaries together before she conceived when he heard the the word when he received the word that time itself, he knew that he was old he was 75 and Sarah is like 10 years younger to him old say old beyond the childbearing age amen but the thing is we must be like that when god speaks to us gives when he gives a word to us we must celebrate the word just like how we would celebrate the manifestation of that blessing the physical manifestation of that blessing amen because this see that that will happen only if you understand the seed principle what was so special about abraham faith. He took hold of the word which came to him and never doubted it. And some 13 years later, his wife had uh, second thoughts and uh, decided to take things into her own hands. Sometimes we are like that. When things are not moving, we want to take things into into our own hands. If we want to make some radical decisions because things are not working the way we expected it to happen. Amen. Abraham was chill. I don't really see Abraham going. Uh, he was chill. He was absolutely chill. He just decided to be a you know an obedient husband. ah. He, uh, he did not waver in unbelief, the Bible says. He did not waver in unbelief. He did not look at Sarah and say, Oh, no, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. The bible says that he didn't say that he did not look at the impossibility of the barrenness of the womb of sarah but without losing hope hoping against hope he believed the bible says amen why because the seed principle he understood he had a revelation of the seed principle amen I'm, I'm not speaking to everyone today, okay? The Lord has reminded me. I'm not speaking to everyone today. I'm, I'm speaking to those who are waiting on the Lord with a word. Amen. And you're holding on to that word for dear life. And the wait has been long. And God is speaking to you. The seed principle will not fail. It will not fail. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And it is important to understand the premise on which God works god works on certain boundaries god works in certain standards and he will not he will not change it he will not alter it the seed principle is one such principle he will never change it he will never change it the word which he speaks will not return to him void amen because he's a good farmer he's a good farmer Now every pursuit (laughs) we can save a lot of time and energy and resources. Okay. If you can understand this principle, every pursuit that is not backed by God's word. is a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. It's a waste of resources. It's a distraction. Amen. Amen. It'll only present a back full of heartaches and heartbreaks. When it's all said and done, you will have stories of losses after losses. Because it was not backed by God's word, but, but by your whims and fancies. But look at Abraham. 25 years. We people have spoken with him, would have, would have, would have, would have thought he's a crazy guy. 75 and counting, 85 and counting, 95 and counting, but he's saying, I'm going to have a son. Every time he cuts the birthday cake, think about it. Okay, Let, let's apply it into a, what, what we normally face. Every time, he, and those, now, now just imagine those days they cut cakes like uh, uh, the number on it, 80, 85, 90, 95 and all the numbers in between. He did not, the Bible says he did not waver in unbelief. Those numbers did not bother him. Those numbers did not bother him. I'm talking to somebody who's bothered by numbers. God wants you to know, don't be bothered by numbers. Hallelujah, don't be bothered by numbers. And I'm just saying what God is putting in my heart. This is not planned. Okay. But God is telling you, telling me to tell you, don't be bothered by numbers. I would say Abraham would have been wasting 25 years of his life. If it was not. God who spoke to him when he was 75. I would even say that he would not even be able to hold his marriage together. There's no child in the marriage. And this guy is saying, we're going to have a child. And she's saying, but I'm getting older, you're getting older. Things are not the same. But God is faithful to his word. Think about it. 25 years later, she's walking around with a... We've had pregnant women, you know, in our church, uh, the Hannahs and the Jenny's. So You've seen how they walk. Can you believe a 99-year-old lady walking like that? Hallelujah. God is again telling me to tell you, don't be bothered by numbers. Don't be bothered by numbers. Leave the complications to God. The knots, let him untie it. Let him loosen it. Let him deal with the entangled stuff. Do not waste time on the wrong pursuits in life. A wordless pursuit is a worthless pursuit. A wordless pursuit is a worthless pursuit. If your dream or your vision is not birthed by God's word, it is not worth it. It is not worth it. It will cost you dearly. But if you have a word from God, even if that thing does not exist, even if that is far from the reality that you see around you, You can be rest assured that it is surely, say surely, it is surely going to manifest. It's going to surely manifest. Why? Because it is God's word. God said it. I believed it. It is done. God will not reverse his his, his principle. A seed principle is at work. Doesn't matter. Maybe you look like a, a joker, a fool for so many years. And people have been talking about you behind your back. What is this guy after? If that was birth by God's word, if it is God's word that you're holding on to, not a vision from man, not an inspiration from man, but a word of God that has consumed the very core of your being, you will not be disappointed. You will see the victory that God has for you. Hallelujah. God's word to you is a seed which will sprout come what may. Amen. It'll sprout whatever it takes. It's going to sprout. Because, uh, okay, listen to this. Make no mistakes. From the time you sow and from the, to the time you reap, everything that happens in between is all divine. Amen? It's divine. There's nothing human about What happens between the sowing and the harvesting? It's a a divine principle at work. It's a divine principle at work. Now some of you are so worried about the in-between part. I've sowed. How is it going to sprout? How is it going to come forth? You're worried about that. But God is telling you, between the sowing and the harvesting, the rest of it, It's under my it's my responsibility amen Amen. hallelujah i gave as as partners i gave you the seed to sow and i will give you the opportunity to reap also but what happens in between behind the scenes that's my part of the deal huh that's right you can go and sleep so when you are in partnership you divide the work correct When you're in partnership, you divide the work. When you're in business together with somebody else, you divide the work. Is that right? Amen. Hallelujah. So God is saying, You sow and you wait for the harvest time. The between time, I will be working. You go to sleep. You rest. No man can have any sort of explanation concerning what happens between sowing and reaping. Because from the outside, everything looks the same. When you sow, Till the time it sprouts, everything is the same. All you can see is mud, say mud. All you can see is, see is soil. The Same old story. Now things, like, things can get really boring. If you've forgotten the word of God. See, frustration is the result of two things, either of the two things. Frustration is the result of either of the two things. One, it can be that you have forgotten what God has told you. You get frustrated. Your forgetfulness can cause frustration. Your forgetfulness concerning the promises of God can cause frustration. The second reason is, it can be that God never said anything to you. And you're frustrated. That's why I said a godless pursuit. You pursue after emptiness, you will become empty. So that's why it's important for each of us to see what we are pursuing after. What's do we have a word to back our pursuit, to define our pursuit in life? Do we have a word from God? An assurance from God. A proof that what you're doing is legal. That your business is legal. Two reasons for getting frustrated. If anybody is getting frustrated, check. Have you forgotten what God has spoken to you? Check. Has God really spoken to you about that? Mark chapter 4 let's go back to that scripture Mark chapter 4 verse 26 and he was saying the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil and he goes to bed at night and gets up by day and the seed sprouts and grows how how say how How? say how. how he himself does not know how can be a really perplexing question how the real problem between sowing and reaping is the question of how that happens between. If your waiting period is filled with how, you're going to enjoy the waiting period. God does not want you to ask how. So between sowing and reaping, your responsibility in life is to rest. And to prepare for harvest. Uh, That's right. Thanksgiving for the seed, cherishing the seed. You have to cherish the seed. You got to water the seed. And I'm going to teach you how to water the seed. I'm going to teach you how to cherish the seed. How? This how can take a lot of space in your mind. When you are believing in God, you need not know how. You can avoid the how. Faith does not ask the question how. Faith does not ask the question. Because if there is an answer for how, then it is not faith. If if you can answer how, then it is not faith. So faith does not need to ask the question how. How? In fact, this parable teaches that the kingdom of God is like that. That's how it starts. And you are saying the kingdom of God is like, is like the kingdom of God is like, say like, it's like a man. The kingdom of God is like a man, what man? Which man? The kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. That's how the kingdom works. It's a kingdom principle. It's like a man who casts seed upon the soil. If you're not sowing today, you are not following the principle of the kingdom at any season of your life. If you're not sowing, you're not going by the principle of the kingdom. The mark of a person who is part of this kingdom is this person will be always sowing, sowing all the time and waiting for the reaping. He goes to the bed at night and gets up by day, the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. Man? Stop asking how. Just tell your neighbor, stop asking how. It's a lesson in faith. It's a lesson in faith. I would say the the first lesson in faith. The first lesson in faith. How? Don't ask. So when, when, when sometimes I make declarations in faith, you know, somewhere, you know, in, in that conversation, somebody will ask, but how? There is no answer for that. Faith will not ask. How? Stop asking how? Stop asking how? Stop seeking how? Don't worry about the how. Now, how do you water the seed? Like, let, let's go there. How do you water the seed? How do you water the seed? You sow the seed, then how do you water it? Ah. Huh? Okay. That's right. By agreeing. Say agreeing. When you agree to God's word, you're watering the seed. Of God's word. When you agree, when you stand in agreement to the word which God has given you, you are watering the seed. You are providing space for it to sprout. You are making the environment right for it to come forth. That is when you stand in agreement to it. How do you cherish God's word? By speaking, confessions, declarations. Amen. When you cherish something, you talk about it. Is that right or wrong? When you cherish something, you talk about it. You know, if you are, if your mouth is full about, uh, you know, a person, uh, you know, something information about a person, that means you really cherish that person. Today morning, brother King was talking about, have you ever been in love? And then he was going on about how people react, how people, uh, live when they are in love. So when you cherish somebody, you speak about the person, when you cherish something, you, your conversations will be about that thing. Now you, you should hang out with some of these mission, m- musicians. They're, all, they're always talking about music. Always talking about guitars. Always. Always talking about uh, gigs and setup and sound and all. Why? Because they cherish it. When they take a break, they'll be taking, uh, talking about food. That is also something they cherish. So either it is music or food. That's my band. Amen. Hallelujah. So you got to cherish the promise of God by speaking it out. To cease your conversations. I'm trying to, I'm trying to see who I, I, I should pick. I'm looking at couples here, husbands, wives. Okay, let's, let's look at Rajasan and Jenny Mama. You know why God gave you Jenny Mama? And why God gave you Rajasan? Let's come to the, the root of it. You probably would have been perplexed by that. Why? <laughs> but today I want to tell you why. Hallelujah. Amen. To cherish God's word to you, yes. that you will remind each other continuously. See, if marriage does not celebrate reminders of God's word, There is no real marriage at all. Your marriage is on shaky ground. You're walking on volatile, um, you know, terrain. Because the, the real purpose of you coming together in marriage is so that you can remind each other of the promises of God, man and grow strength Amen. And cherish the word, cherish the seed which God has planted in your life so that you will see the harvest one day. If husband and wife, if you're not, uh, husbands and wives are not cherishing the word, you're doing doing damage. That's damage to the seed. That's not how you catalyze growth. That's how you decatalyze growth. That's how you uh, inhibit growth. So uh, develop a culture, say culture, in your homes, in your families, in your marriage to cherish God's word. And, and don't discourage your spouse for being so wordy about things. Wordy meaning always about the word. Oh, Bible, Don't say that. It's God's plan for your marriage. Now, my wife is like that. Now, when I am down, she knows and she'll come with the word. I I'll just keep quiet let's keep quiet i might not be in the mood to respond or even say amen but i will just keep quiet and slowly process it because i know it's doing good for me amen you must learn to cherish god's word cherish god's word cherish god's word cherish the seed wait for the harvest together wait for the harvest together amen hallelujah teach your children to cherish the word don't Tread over cultivated ground. You will crush the seed. You will crush the permitus seed. And that's what's happening in many lives, in many families, in many homes. The seeds God sowed in your life, you have crushed it. Because you've been running on it, you've been treading on it. That's right, someone else is speaking. Someone else, that's why you see the weeds. You're like wondering, where did these weeds come from? Someone else is speaking. Into your garden. Someone else is sowing into your garden. You may not even know. It might be a bird that flew uh, you know, over your boundary. Dropped a mango seed. And you're like, how did, it, how did it come here? It was not supposed to be here. Those unplanned seeds are because you're listening to the wrong voices. You're giving access to the wrong voices. You're following the wrong voices. Nowadays follow becomes it's a big word. There's a lot of depth and meaning to that word. The soil produces crops by itself. First the blade. Then the then the one more time. First the then the then the No I, I love preaching on this verse. I love it. You know what it says? What is reminding me? It's a process. Say process. It's a a step-by-step process. It's a very seasonal process. Don't expect to see the mature grain, the head on the first day itself. Amen. First the blade, then the head, then the the Christians must be of all people happy to follow the process. And you must be the kind of person you are standing in a queue. And don't get frustrated. There are 10 people in front of you. You're fine. You are behind vehicles as far as the eye can see. Not frustrated. Because you are tuned into the process. Amen. Amen? That's right. You are tuned into waiting. Amen. There's a nature in you which is tuned into waiting. You're not bothered about the ticking time. Because you know that God holds your time. Amen. You know that your time will come. Amen. And when you reach the point of that counter, when you reach the counter, you know that everything is going to be in, li- in alignment, in favor toward you. So you're not worried about it. That's even time is going to be created. That millisecond that is going to be there, nanosecond that you're going to be there. It's going to be created, customized for you. Amen. That's right. The process involves the breaking of the shell. It involves uh, the, the coming forth from a hard covering. Joseph had to wait, go through the process. The promise was there, the prophetic dream was true. Some of you are like you know doubting your prophetic dream. Some of you are doubting the prophetic word which came to you. Some of you have forgotten the, the word of counsel which came to you. You're not cherished it. And you're treading on dangerous ground. You're treading on on ground which you're not supposed to tread upon. Crushing the seeds which would have brought forth a blessing in your life. You want to jump the gun. You want to dig the hole. Dig the pit and and check whether the seed is coming forth. You're going to destroy the process. You're going to corrupt the process by uncovering the soil, the seed. Do you know that? You can harm the seed. If you prematurely remove the soil, this is what we do. Hallelujah. Say process. Be, li- be willing to complete the process. Man, say the process is good. The process is good. If God has put you in a process, the process is good. Because the Bible says, He who has started a good work in you is faithful to complete it. You may feel like it is not going to come to a completion. You might feel it's going to take for so long forever. You might be feeling like that. But the word of God says, if you started a good work in you, He is faithful to complete it. Allow the Lord to complete the work that He started in your life. Allow the Lord. Man, don't be this frustrated, um, namesake Christian. You're Christian by a title, but your actions does not match up to a Christian because you're Christian ought to be the most composed person. You ought to be the most composed person, whether you are in, uh, in, in the, in the well or whether you are walking with the, the traders bound, whether you are put in the jail, whether you are in the palace, doesn't matter. You're so composed. You're so composed. You know that the word of God will not fail. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know that it's a process. It's a process. 25 years was a process for Abraham. It was a process. But in that time, God taught him many things. Now, we, we always gauge the difficulty of the waiting. There is there's no difficulty in waiting, actually. If you're waiting on the Lord, there's no, no. See, this is a the misconception that we must break. There is no difficulty in waiting, Amen. Because you are those who wait on the Lord shall renew. Say, renew. A renewal of strength happens. It's not a difficult thing, Amen. It might seem like a difficult thing, but it's a beneficial thing. Say, beneficial. You are being renewed. You're mounting up. Say, mounting up, with wings like eagles when you come into agreement with the the word of God and you understand this is how God works, when you come to terms with the functioning of God, you are tapping into something timeless. You You are entering a zone of there is no time or space that is containing you. You are already seeing the promise. 25 years is just a number. Somebody else counted. Amen. Somebody else counted. I don't think Abraham counted like that. Like painfully counting. No, that's not how he counted. Because he was not counting his time towards the manifestation Amen. He already was living in the manifestation. That's right. His hospitality also is proof. It's proof that he was already in the promise. You must be a house built on the rock. Seasons will come and go. Tides will change. The weather will change. People will change, but your house built on the rock, man, you are here to stay. You are here to stay. A vision of God will not, will not die. Amen. It will not come to a premature end. Hallelujah. Shall I bring to the point of birth and not give delivery. That's the God that we serve. Amen. He will not close the womb. Now there are there are Christians who fall in fa- sorry fail there are Christians who fail in multiple areas in, in life. As much as it is an anomaly for us to consider, that happens only because they have not understood this principle right. Now this this morning and you know, I was just, I was remembering okay, I I could actually see uh, how during the lockdown days you know we used to come I could literally I was seeing it I was able to recollect. Like I could see images, you know, coming on the road with nobody, nobody on the road. We're coming. Where are you going to? I'm coming to church. We have never lied. Even when we stopped on the road, we will say we're going to church. I'm a pastor. I've been stopped countless times. Where are you going? I'm going to church. I'm going to open the church. Amen. So I was remembering all that. I was remembering how, you know, uh, you know, brother King will stand up here and pray. Even when everything was closed, he would stand up here and pray. And we used to Pray in agreement that doors will be open in schools and colleges and universities. doors will be open to, to institutions to preach the gospel. We sowed in 2020 through 2021 in 2020, we are reaping it. Amen. You won't believe I've met with a, a person, an academician who was a principal. He was a teacher for many long, so many years. And he was asking me about ministry, what I, I mean, now are things with you and things, so on and so forth. So he was asking, so um, what, do you, what do you guys do now? So I said, we are right now focusing on outreach, going to campuses, going to schools and colleges. Uh, so I said, we've covered so many schools so by, by now. He was like, schools allow like that, or what? Schools allow you to come in and, and preach. Nowadays, they allow. Is it, is it possible for you to even go into the schools and colleges? They can't believe. He couldn't believe. Why it happened? Because a sowing happened. Man, a sowing happened. You know, one of us had a call from a person who's been doing it for so many years. And he was like, now you can preach the gospel. You, you, you mean that you went to these schools and you, you preached or you just sang and came out? No, we preached. We preached. We preached with clarity. We preached. We told everyone that Jesus loves them. We told everyone. And you can come to one of our concerts and you know that we'll preach. If you've if given a mic and a space, we'll preach the gospel. If not allowed, we will not even go. We don't want. Doesn't matter how big the, the place is. So we preach. Now why? Why? What is the reason? What is the reason we have open access to these places? Because we remained open in a season where everyone closed. I celebrate that. And I don't have problems in saying it out loud because I celebrate that. I know where I come from. I know what God did. It was a sowing. I know I was sowing. I was sowing. We were sowing. There were a few of us. We were sowing. As a church, we were sowing. Amen. To, to remain open, we were sowing. We gladly did it. There was no difficulty. I'm telling you, there was no difficulty. We didn't face any difficulty staying open. Amen. We stayed open. We were only sad for the few weeks we couldn't. But otherwise, we remained open. We were sowing into open doors. Amen. Open doors. When we stood here and prayed, when, you know, when we, come, we are seeing every, every gate close, every door close. We, we come here and we stand and pray. Lord, we pray. We agree that doors will open, schools will open, colleges will open, universities will open for the sake of the gospel. And today we are seeing the manifestation of what we sowed. Now everything that you see in life is a is a harvest of a, a seed that you sowed some time back. Amen, hallelujah. And today we are sowing. And you know, I like what how Brother King prayed at the end of this concert at Marian, uh, you know, Marian School. He prayed and he was praying, Lord, like you've been teaching us about sowing, we have sowed the seed. You have sowed the seed, and I could see. In fact, I could see when he was praying, I could see seeds, I could see sprouting, I'm talking about countless lives. Countless life in in spite of uh, discouragements and you know things really not going our way and all we are still sowing the seed, knowing that the seed principle will work. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's why I know I, I want to challenge you. If you're not sowing, you are stealing your future. If you're not sowing seeds of God's word, you are stealing yourself a good future you have not partnered with God if you're not sowing into lives if you're not sowing into the lives of um, ministers of God if you're not sowing into ministries if you're not going not sowing into churches if you're not sowing into mission plant mission uh, um, regions fields you have not connected with the principle of seed faith a seed principle hallelujah I want to ask you and I really want to ask you, I wish I can sit with you and ask you, but I don't want to do it. It's a, it can be very confidential. It can be very personal to you. But I really want to ask you, have you been sowing the way God wants you to sow? Have you, did you sow this week? Did you sow this week? When, when you get the SMS, some money has been credited. Are you reminded of the decision that you took to sow into somebody's life? This, are, this is how we work. Okay. This is how we function. You know, I'll tell her something. I decide to give somebody something. I'll tell her. So she'll remind me. When the money comes in, she'll remind me. Yes, we, we said that. We made the commitment. Let's do it. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. You know, be, be known in heaven for sowing. Be known in heaven as good sowers on this earth. As faithful partners of Jesus Christ now so 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 time so money so resources so abilities now I say now this I say he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully look at this each one must do just as he has purposed say purposed oh that word should stand up and say hi to all of you purposed hi purposed You must give as your purpose in your heart. Let your giving be with purpose. Let your sowing be with purpose. Amen. Not impulsive. Don't be an impulsive. Like you know, sometimes you feel like giving, sometimes you don't feel like, don't be like that. Be a very purposeful. Be very purposeful. You're expecting some money to come. You're expecting some goodness to come. You're expecting some bounty to come. You're expecting some blessings to come your way. Be purposeful as to how you're going to deal with it. With regards to sowing. That's right. huh? Must. That's right. The word is must. Each one must. Say must. must. Say together must. You must. You must. One more time say must. Oh, it should be more weightier than that. One more time say Must. must. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart. Purposed in his heart. Now the two words, if you were to ask me, which stands out to me right now, as I look at this is, each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, but for God loves a cheerful giver. Your giving must be purposeful and cheerful. Amen. In fact, I remember doing a study on this, uh, in this church many years back. I was talking about a cheerful giving and remember the root word for cheerful is the same word which uh, you know, if, you, if you look at the etymology of the word hilarious that word came from this Greek word that is translated as cheerful meaning funny say funny God loves a person who, who has fun giving It's a revelation I'm telling you you must have fun giving. You must you must be able to give with the laughter all the time. It's a gift. I'm telling you, it's a gift. And not like you know, checking how much is back in your purse and then don't give like that. Give cheerfully as you have purpose in your heart, so as you have purpose in your heart, so bountifully, not sparingly. The word sparingly means stingily. Stingily. Now you're your purposeful giving, your cheerful giving will result in thanksgiving, enriching you. Enriching you. Amen. Enriching you. Giving can enrich you. You don't know the secret, okay? This is a secret around which many Christians are living. Okay? You want it, you take it. You want an enriched life? So bountifully, cheerfully, give cheerfully, give purposefully. You're, you're, you're pounding, uh, you, you know, you're counting to the, like, you know, your hands have become, uh, what's the word? Uh, a callous, that's right. Callous, counting the notes when you're giving. Like, you know, you don't want to make, you want to make sure that there's no, no, not even one extra note of uh, 10 rupees in that. <laughs> don't be like that. Don't be like that. Give. Bless. You know, you must pray that you will be quick to identify um, a good fertile ground for sowing. It's a gift it's a gift this must be a it must be a prayer that you that you pray lord help me to identify a good fertile soil to to sow my seed purposefully and and cheerfully man hallelujah it's to that. that's right it is better it is better it is better to give than to receive now that's the thing is you now we get stuck in a lot of things like you know I don't have much to give and you know, those are like they are millionaires they're making lakhs every month and see God is not asking asking you about the uh, the the absolute number or anything it's all about your willingness huh That's right. The the lady of the two mites. So because of which I've realized that anybody can give if the lady, the widow with the two mites, the two copper coins, two copper coins, right? Two copper coins can give. I believe everybody can give. She gave a hundred percent, hundred percent. So God works in percentage, not an absolute number. Now we work by absolute number. God is interested in the percentage, the percentage of the heart also. That's right. That's right. That's why He says cheerful heart. It's purpose in His heart. It's about the heart. Cheerfulness is about the heart. You must have fun. Say fun. Have fun giving. Have fun sowing. Have fun blessing people. Now you must have a you must have a cabinet in your house, okay. You must have a cabinet in your house You can call it the giving cabinet every now and then you go out and you get something. Okay, that's good. I can, I can keep it in the giving cabinet. When somebody comes, I can give. Yeah, I do that. We just recently was able to uh, build a cabinet. Okay. So the first time I went out to shop after that, I decided I'm going to use one, one, uh, in a portion for that, a giving cabinet, I can buy stuff and keep when somebody comes, if the Lord stirs in my heart to give, I can give. You must have a place like that. You know, and pro- wait, wait, people have a problem with me having so many shirts. People have a problem. In fact, I have the people have talked about this. People have talked about this to me. You know, a lot of pastors. You are also going that way. Pastors have like, you know, flashy dress and a lot of shirts and all. Why should we can be, we- relax. This is not anything. I cannot do anything about this. I really can't. It keeps coming. (laughs) I really don't know. People have a problem with me wearing good shoes. I don't know. I I don't remember the last time I bought myself a pair of shoes. I can't remember. The last time I I had shoes, it came in like five, six pairs together. That's how it comes to me. It's always been like that. It's always been like that. The problem is the seed principle is something that I, i kind of, I want to go by that and it works. How I do not know like the man who went to sleep and gets up in the day. I don't know. You must come to that place. The how, you know, you people can have problems with that. It's okay. How? I don't know. Bless. So, so teach your children to give, teach your children to give. And I went up a mountain recently. There's a cat. Okay. A cat. We were hungry. We had a breakfast early in the morning and we were so hungry. This is right around three o'clock, two o'clock or even beyond that. It was three. Yeah. It was three, three thirty, somewhere there. And the kids were so hungry. We were so hungry. We didn't have any food on the mountain. We had one shop. And they sell, sell only a few things. There's some chips, some like you know savories like that. You get Maggie noodles, some uh, holics, some things like that. A small cat came around. My kids were about to eat. I came near Kathy. He's not here. Came near Kathy and did meow. The next thing, and she's hungry. And the next thing I'm seeing is she's taking a handful of whatever she is eating and dropping it. It melted my heart. I would not have done that when I'm hungry, but be like that. Have fun giving, have fun giving. And she's looking at how she's, this cat is eating. And once that, that, that that food is finished, she's putting more and she's taking one small bite, looking at what the, uh, the cat is eating, having fun, say having fun. It's an illustration. Okay. It's not about that. She's a cat lover or anything. That's that an illustration to know how we can have fun giving. Amen. Amen. Your hunger, you're not even feeling your hunger because you're feeding somebody. You're clothing somebody, you're not even feeling whether you're not counting. You're not even counting. You know why? Because you are taking joy, you are enjoying the moment, able to give. To give. Hallelujah. learn to give learn to give learn to give be a giver giver these are lessons that uh, we don't learn from the world these are lessons that we learn from god's word god's word but the thing is people who practice this in the world are also blessed they might be of other faiths but that doesn't matter because god works by this principle without knowing the word some of them are being blessed because they give Whereas the church, supposed to be the the numero uno university, the A-listed university of giving, we are like still figuring it out. Say bountiful sowing. I bless you with bountiful sowing. I, I, you must get excited about that. Bountiful sowing. May you be a bountiful sower. A bountiful sower. Amen. May you always have plenty to give. Plenty to, that's a sign of blessedness. The sign of blessedness is not how much you are able to keep, but the sign of blessedness is how much you are able to give. That's blessedness. When you can give, that means oh, that means oh, this guy is really blessed. So much he can give, she can give. Hallelujah. And let your fridge be full of food for people who come by. That your Boxes be full of savories of people who come by. Amen. I'm blessing you, mothers, mothers, wives, housewives, the, the mistress of the house. Bless you with this gift. May you, may you have plenty. May you have the strength to feed and to cook. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Say seed principle follow the seed principle, your life will be transformed by the seed principle. I'm telling you, I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you. you know, this is something I can guarantee you with. If you follow this principle, you will never, you'll never, 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 never be disappointed. You will never be disappointed. Frustration is only the result of two things. Have you forgotten the word of God? Have you misheard? Or you, 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 you thought you heard, but you didn't. It's only two reasons you're frustrated. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give thanks. Thank you, Father, for this blessed time. Thank you for ministering to us, Lord. Thank you for this time of fellowship that we we had. The word that came to us, Lord, correcting us, teaching us, Lord, instructing us. We pray, Lord, that as a church, we will have fun giving. We will have fun sowing. Lord, we will be purposeful in our sowing. We, we will not wait for another season to start, but right now, today onwards, Lord, may your people, may your people, do this, get into this, You know, this, this plant here is a testimony of what sowing can do. A child could come to us bearing witness of what a seed can do, a sowing seed can do. Lord is a reminder to us. It's an instruction to us this morning, this afternoon. This instruction has come to us, Lord, to be bountiful sowers. Bless us, Lord, with this gift of sowing this incredible gift of giving thank you for teaching us many things today you learned so much help us remember it all thank you Lord for the life of the saints like Abraham those who waited on you Lord for many years not wavering in faith today Lord we can we can and we will We will display unwavering faith. We have the faith of Christ in us, the faith of the Son of God. It's a different kind of faith, a different level of faith, a measure, a new measure, full measure of faith. Help us, Lord, to apply this principle into our faith life. Thank you for everything that you do in our lives, Lord. Blessed be your name. Commit the outreach that is going to happen this Tuesday, Lord. Commit the team, commit those who are praying for us, commit our families. Um, Lord, we pray that we'll have a blessed time. We'll be able to testify what You have done. Thank You, Lord, for the the open doors that are before us. Lord, help us to faithfully go in and do what You've called us to do. Thank You. We give You glory in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Hello, this is Nisha Dilipush. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.